On this episode of the Trauma-Informed Podcast, we have Crystal. And Crystal and I originally connected to the Little Lighthouse Foundation, an amazing community service organization in Miami. And then most recently, we spoke on Instagram about her her interest in the, the trauma space. And I figured, why not have Crystal uh, come on my show? And, and here it is. Here's my, my episode that I call Miami Vibes. And that is actually the name of Crystal's wellness platform where she interviews different wellness practitioners and professionals in Miami and uh, curates different uh, programming around that. And go ahead and listen in to my exciting, juicy conversation with Crystal. So, uh, so Crystal, yeah, thanks a lot for joining me here. If you just want to maybe share a little bit about, uh, I'd like to get started with where you're from originally, where you grew up, and how uh, that place that you grew up in and the people you grew up with sort of influenced where you are today. Oh, wow. Well, this is a fun story. So my name is Crystal, and I grew up in uh, Miami, Florida. Oh, you did? And oh, I, thought so. I, I figured did. somewhere I'm else. <laughs> People always think that. They think I'm Russian, or they say I have an accent, and they they def- I, I get, I've gotten everything from Colombian to Brazilian, and which I find flattering. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I'm just Miami. <laughs> I'm a Miami girl. <laughs> So I grew up here in the 80s. I was born at Mount Sinai. And the first five years of my life were very much Miami 80s. My dad was like a super successful bail bondsman. And oh, we wow. had gold <laughs> gold, chains, gold chains, cowboy hats, lotuses, Cadillacs, cool. big ranch, you name it, like Miami flash. <laughs> and then... You know, my parents got a divorce and things changed rapidly and, you know, the journey of my life began. So in terms of, uh, I had this conversation with somebody else yesterday, but what, like what, in terms, you said Miami, but what's your, but what's your like ethnic background? Where are your parents' family from? So my mother's background is Italian. So my great grandfather's from Italy and they came over Italy and Czechoslovakia. Oh, okay. They came over and lost the language because they wanted to fit in. And then my father's side is American Scottish. I look my dad looks like Ernest Hemingway. I look just like my dad. And then my mom is, you know, she was brunette, brown, brown hair, brown eyes. She looked very Italian, you know. So yeah, that's, no, my, I, I, that's my exotic Miami, <laughs> my, my exotic Miami flavor. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, oh, yeah, that's, thanks for sharing that. Well, what about, so, yeah, so I guess maybe talk a little bit about how you, you, you we connected about the, the, the sort of topic of trauma and how you mentioned Bessel van der Kolk, which he's like, you know, he uh, has some awesome work in, in trauma. How did you learn about him? So I learned about him really on my own journey. I've always really been into personal development and the healing arts. The first book that I read was Many Lives, Many Masters when I was 14. But Um, that guy's from Miami, Brian Weiss. Yeah, he was the the lead, the head of the psychiatric department at Mount Sinai. So imagine that, that that book is phenomenal. It's just so amazing. So that book really put me on a path. That and I, a trip to Sedona at a young age just put me on a path of just always reading nonfiction, exploring. And, you know, with that, my own, my mother was an alcoholic and a drug addict. So I 
lived with the pain of that and that well, also anyway, widely used. I usually just don't even think about it, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, but the truth is a person that, you know, people that engage in any type of self-destruction or self-sabotage right. are people that have trauma. Right. So sometimes using labeling terms can be seen as discriminatory or judgmental. And really, it's just a human being that has um, experienced trauma themselves and is doesn't have the tools to necessarily deal with it other than self-sabotage or, or ways that aren't necessarily helpful. Right. So I totally appreciate that. Uh, okay. So yeah, where, where did the journey go from, from there? Well, it, you know, basically, you know, my childhood and observing different family members struggle with their own ad- addictions and right. challenge, personal challenges has always just prompted me to, to explore different ways of dealing with those challenges. And to to want to expand out of that and create a life from a place that has more positivity and integration. Okay. So how did yeah? So how did you? How did Miami vibes? How that develop? What what is what is it? Miami vibes is a is an was an amazing is an amazing opportunity that I connected with via a friend of a friend who started the publication. And so it's given me an opportunity to interview people that I'm interested in. So one of my fa- one of my most favorite interviews was with JC Gossett. She's one of the founding teachers of the class by Taryn Toomey and very, very much aligned with Besser Vanderkolk's work, which is basically the gist of the, the class is about bringing, you know, awareness to bodily sensations and you know, healing through movement and sound. It's also become extremely popular. They've partnered with brands. They have an incredible platform. So I've been able to connect with people that inspire me and also to put together events at interesting places like Sacred Space, the Ritz-Carlton. I did, I led a talk at the W. Basically, I get to, I get to pretend and, and I get to explore what it would be like to be Oprah in the wellness field in a okay, way, you know, cool. so <laughs> what, what was your, what was the talk about? The talk that I, that I led with JC and Carla and Carmen at the sacred space was about tools for transformation. So we talked about nutrition, the importance of nutrition, which I don't know if you're familiar with plant at sacred space, Miami. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, uh, I've wanted to ch- dine there, but now it looks like it's a beautiful place. I have, I've never, I've been to the sacred space, but I haven't been to plant, but it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. So I've had the opportunity to, during that talk, we talked about that. We talked as movement as a vehicle for healing. And in that talk, we also talked about finances and wi- women and finances and empowering them with tools. Cool. So, and so I guess, how did you get involved with the, the Little Lighthouse Foundation? So the Little Lighthouse Foundation, I got involved with a couple years ago. I met Priscilla and Jonathan. Priscilla is the program director and Jonathan is the director. And I was really captivated by their, who they are, their authenticity, their heart, and their true passion for helping the community. And so I I became the chapter leader of Beauty All Around Day program at Lotus House. 
And so that, that's been amazing because I've been doing that since before Lotus House was at the village. And now the Lotus House is at the village, which is amazing because it's basically, it's a community that empowers women and children to heal and to thrive and to, to basically get their, their lives moving in, in a positive direction. Okay. I mean, that's one of the things, I don't know if you've thought about this at all or what were your take is on it that, uh, and from some of my own research with trauma and people that have been resilient and recovered from trauma, that they're often more, can be more empathetic, more compassionate than people that didn't experience trauma. And I think definitely like doing service, like, like with an organization like uh, the Lighthouse or other ones or Lotus House can definitely be healing as like um, as a survivor of trauma. I was wondering what your, you know, what your take is on that or your thoughts are on that? Well, certainly I feel that what I feel for me, for me is that service is important. It's one of my values. It's something that is important to me. People pay Tony Robbins a lot of money to learn about the value of service. I mean, if you look at any of these big coaches or anybody that has written a book or has something really interesting to say about changing their life, service is usually one of the pillars. So for me, the, the Little Lighthouse Foundation gives me an opportunity to just be of service and to get out of myself. And so I've really appreciated that. It's more, it's, it's more, I feel like I get more than I give in a sense. Okay. And uh, so I guess leading to the, the brain spotting, I know you mentioned it's sort of similar to like EMDR, but how, how did you, uh, do you get connected with that? Or what was, what's been your uh, experience like with that? Well, I've always enjoyed researching different tools, whether it's meditation or journaling. And I think that there's, there are so many things available to people. There are so many tools available. I mean, it could be something as simple as not feeling seen as a child because you're, you know, a sibling was took all of the attention, or it could be something that happened in class where somebody felt shamed or, you know, there's just so much societal programming that I feel limits us. So I think for me personally, it's a passion to explore these things. And so I have explored EMDR, which I find very powerful. It really, it is, it, it, it's a, it's a tool that takes you into the subconscious state and helps you reprogram a mild painful memory or an extremely traumatic it's whatever you know the individual has going on and then i recently tried been trying brain spotting which is similar to emdr but i feel that it it kind of goes into the subconscious in a different way and targets areas of the brain i'm still learning about it but i find it to be it's an incredible experience all right. And then as someone like that, you obviously you grew up in Miami, but like for me, I more of a, like you've been here about 10 years and uh, it's hard to really to gauge in turn. I mean, I don't really have any real numbers about it, it's just more of my uh, anecdotal experience, but I've just find that it's just my, I guess, hunch opinion experience that, that, that compared to some other places, Miami just seems to be a place that uh, the, I mean, not like uh, in general speaking, everywhere, not even just Miami, but people like uh, most people like life itself. You're you're bound to experience some kind of trauma. It's just as part of the human experience. But I feel compared to other places, like I feel there's a lot more a lot more traumatized people in Miami. It's just sort of my 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 observation. I was wondering, I don't know what what your 
what your what your take what, I don't know what you think about that or if you have a different perspective about it or well, that makes a lot of sense. We're an extremely transient city. So we have people from all over the world, you know, I mean, think about the Cubans that came sure. over. That's, that's traumatizing in and of itself to leave behind your, you know, to have the political upheaval that happened, people right. left behind family. I think that, you know, maybe generations of Cubans are still healing from that. Sure. And, you know, they've done an amazing job rebuilding Miami and rebuilding their lives here. But on top of that, you have people that come from all over, from different countries, from Venezuela, from right. Brazil. So you have a lot of people coming here to recreate whether they had to leave their country because of politics or just simply, you know, family. In addition to that, I, as a Miami native, I do feel that we grow up faster here. I think that we're exposed to a lot more quicker than than someone growing up in the Midwest. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I remember I've met, I've met a few women here that, that have like told me like, like they were like, they weren't that old. Maybe they were in like their mid or late 20s and they were like, they were totally done with partying, that they got all their partying yeah. done when they were like, you know, 16 to 19 or 20 and then they're done with this kind of thing. Yeah, because you, you go through it so quickly at such a young age. I mean, I remember being a young teenager at, a super famous club on South Beach and there were like I was in VIP and there were celebrities there and Where where was that? What what club? I don't know if it was Glam Slam or where Cameo used to be. Right. I mean there was another one uh, they're like they're all I forget the names because right. the names changed a couple times. Right. I've I've attended all of them <laughs> <laughs> even when the names change. So I really, that was a huge part of my teenage years, you know, going to South Beach, right. going to the clubs, being treated like, you know, I felt like I was a celebrity and was far from it. But the whole, you know, you get that whole vibe when you go there and you walk in and you're treated like this and you go to VIP and you just, you know, the ego takes off. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I don't know if you ever uh, this if you've ever heard of him, but he like he grew up in Broward. There's this rapper named XXX Tenekion. Have you ever heard about him? The good guy. Is he out now? A guy? No, that's no, no. He, he got killed about a year ago, maybe two a year, maybe two years ago. But but I mean, the, the main you don't really need to know who he is necessarily. But he was this kind of famous underground rapper from Broward. Uh, that was Jamaican background but i downloaded this book uh this other guy wrote about him recently and like the first paragraph of the book was saying that he was born in 1998 so you probably remember and it was like talking about it, it was saying that this is around the the bill clinton monica Lewinsky scandal which i remember mm -hmm. when that was going on but but the last like paragraph i mean the last no sentence of this paragraph said something about it, it was before Said it was before that South, not it didn't say South Florida. Said Florida in general became the sort of recognized as the the bastion of of American insanity, and, and I thought <laughs> I thought that and that's that was kind of like speaking to like the whole like Florida man kind of this is more than South Florida, you know the whole like the weird kind of have you ever followed it like the weird Florida like Facebook page or the Florida man that kind of, you're familiar with that. 
No. No, you're not? Okay. Mm-mm. It's like these little like, wacky, you probably remember this, like that whole, that crazy, I forget how long ago, that, that whole face eating thing that happened. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, these kinds of things. That's what it's referring to, these like weird Florida kind of stories. <laughs> that was the craziest story. Yeah. That was like a moment in time when people were like, what did that person do to eat her face? And I guess right. apparently it was some drug or something that was yeah. new and on the market, kind of like a new virus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I remember that. It happened on the beach, right? Yeah, on the, I think the MacArthur Causeway. Yeah. So crazy. Like something yeah. out of zombie, a com- you know, pocked yeah. or something. So anyway, so you mentioned the virus. So how, how has it been for you with, you know, living with the whole coronavirus now I mean, going into quarantine was very interesting. And now on the other side of it, I listened, speaking of podcasts, there was an amazing podcast um, that Tony Robbins did. Um, Uh He had, it's about two and a half hours. It's a three-part series, but he had on scientists, top epidemiologists, and you know, people that really have a lot of wisdom and interesting data. So when I listened to that, it really grounded me and took some of the fear away. You know, I understand it's it's challenging times and many, many people are concerned about their loved ones and those that are at risk. So I, I prefer not to comment on it because outside of the podcast that helped me, because I feel that it's become such a polarizing right. topic. Right, it it, uh, things are taken so out of context, and if you think one way, you're no. I wasn't really talking about way. that. I was just more saying about what's been your experience just existing, not not your take on uh, yeah. the political things or the masks or not the masks, just about living <laughs> living with it going on. You know, focusing on my life and doing what I need to do. I've adapted to working virtually in different right. aspects, and you know, I've traveled some. And, uh, you know, focusing on self-care and all of those things. Okay. Well, anyway, so any, any like, you know, from your experience uh, growing up and some of the, 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 the modalities like the brain spotting and, and the different personal development stuff you've done, what, what's any, any advice or recommendations you'd have for other people that are going through some things? What, what would you, uh, any, what would you Sure. Great question. I I feel that each person has an individual journey. And I think that now mental health is popularized. It's uh, so many brands. I mean, I think of the class by Taryn Toomey. Toomey, They partnered with Chanel. Poets are partnering with brands like Alexander McQueen. So I think that mental health and wellness is now not, it's not quite a taboo topic. So I really think my advice to anyone would be to ask themselves what feels like it would be helpful and to just go for it and explore it and different tools are needed for different people maybe it's a poet like young pueblo that is the medicine you need maybe right. it's a boxing class maybe he came, he came to the sacred space i believe young yeah he did i couldn't go that night yeah. uh well actually just made me think of it you know the uh, the dr brand foundation it sounds familiar. But he was a uh, dermatologist in, in Miami oh, that was yeah. famous, and they, they, they unfortunately took his life, but they, they, they created a foundation in his memory that does, does stuff around mental health. Right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Anyway, he well, was a, a famous dermatologist that has oh, yeah. an awesome brand and yeah. was very much looked up to by different people. Yeah. 
Well, Crystal, yeah, thanks for taking the time out to chat with me. 